0: Hello, Bitcoiners. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 188 of Bitcoin and Markets. My name is Ansel Lindner. We have a great show lined up. It is as follows. So price analysis and commentary in my own special way. Then we jump into the news items. We talk about mining um, the 18 millionth. Bitcoin that was mined. We talk about uh Layer 1, which is a new firm that's trying to bring Bitcoin mining to the US. I get into Lightning and my estimate for the number of wallets and nodes out there on the network, as well as a couple other stories. I wrap in there with the Bitcoin industry. Then I talk about the Fed and the not QE QE that we see going on and kind of walk through some of that real quick. Not a super long episode, but packed with tons of information. So hope you guys stick around. Let's go. Today's episode is brought to you by my great patrons over there on Patreon.com/slash Bitcoin and Markets. If you guys would like to support the show, go on over there and become a tribe member. That would be great. So check that out. Help support the show. I appreciate it very much. All right, let's get into the price. Price right now on Bitstamp: seventy-nine twenty-one, seven thousand nine hundred and twenty-one dollars. Nothing has changed. This last week on the newsletter, the price was, uh, last Friday, 8,300. And I said that the price pressure will come back and start pushing us lower. And we saw that go all the way down to almost $7,800. So, um, you know, I think this, uh, lower lows are just around the corner. Nothing has changed. Like I said, the metrics are still really low. Nothing is exciting with these metrics, um, out there like usage or Google search results or volume traded, etc, uh, etc. Et but they have stopped declining for the most part. And so I they aren't getting worse, but they're not getting better. And so the trend will continue on the price. Uh, we will kind of uh, keep going down until something changes. We'll see a pop in volume that is sustained that will confirm this uh, turnaround. Um, I've been telling my guys over there on Discord and um On the newsletter and stuff, building the bullish case here for the turnaround that we probably have one more leg down. So this was, I called, started talking about this, I think back in June or something, that this is going to be a mini bear market. And so in a bear market, you have all these cycles, including panic. So we need to have panic. And I'm not seeing that anywhere in Bitcoin yet. I mean, some altcoins, but altcoins need to hurt even more. They have not, uh I mean... A lot of them are down 60, 70, 80% against Bitcoin. Even the top tier altcoins are down that against Bitcoin this year. But I think we need to continue to see more and more. Um, another 60 to 80% decline in the top tier altcoins would to me be really good. (laughs) But, uh, so we haven't seen a ton of panic out there. I mean, Bitcoin in general, there's not a ton of panic. And I think we need to see that, uh, before we can put in a really good bottom, you know, a lot of sellers and people buying, the HODLers of last resort buying. So we don't see that. I think we need to see that here uh, before we turn around. And so that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a spike in these metrics while the price is going down. I mean, uh, something that signals a change, a reversal of the trend. So over the next week, I think we can see a continued sideways, maybe a fake out up or something like that. But I am pretty confident of lower lows at this point. So, all right, let's get on to the news items. First news item I have here today is about the 18 millionth Bitcoin that was mined. Of course, meaning only 3 million Bitcoins left to mine and coming up with the halvening. I mean, this whole talk and whole idea of scarcity is going to come in. To the conversation here. Um, I was thinking about this and I'm like, okay, there's a lot of people out there that say money is a belief system. Well, it's not a belief system. It's a hardcore fact of the matter. And this is, there's 21 million Bitcoins. It can never change. That's a fact. And that uh, everybody in the world has to adjust to Bitcoin. So as we talk about monetization of an asset or hyper Bitcoinization, that is just another term for the world adjusting to the fact of bitcoin's scarcity, bitcoin's perfect scarcity. we've never had a asset or a good like this at all, even gold you know gold has two percent um stock inflation a year, two percent of the stock is mined, or two percent of the existing supply is mined every year, and so that uh You know, is not perfectly scarce like Bitcoin. So the idea, this idea of a perfectly scarce good is brand new and it takes a long time for people to kind of soak this in, you know, to really internalize it. If you look at the chart, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing different groups of people understanding, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is, this is a very unique good for the first time ever in humanity. Oh my God. I got to buy some. So, um, we, we need to keep going. And th- so this is not a belief system. Eventually you have to bend the knee to Bitcoin's scarcity and resource constraints. Uh, we want people to, the demand for Bitcoin to uh, spread. We don't care. I don't care about spending really at all. It's not about spending. It's about receiving. People have to demand Bitcoin. Now you can get Bitcoin different ways by buying it with your fiat or by selling a goods or service. Right? And so we we want the demand for Bitcoin holding to go up. We want more people to demand that. That's when you get more people receiving, wanting to receive, accept it for their goods and services. You don't want people to want to spend. That's the opposite thinking here. And this has continued to plague Bitcoin, especially as we have these regulators starting to talk about payment systems, payment systems, payment systems. This is not about being a payment system. This is about being a perfectly scarce good. And they will not talk about that. You will not see them up there on their bully pulpits or whatever you call it. They won't be up there talking about this, about perfectly scarce goods. They'll be talking about payment systems because Bitcoin really currently sucks at being a payment system. All right. I came into this from the gold bug side. Gold bugs don't talk about payment systems. There's, this is digital gold. This isn't, you know, that was the meme. And this is not, digital gold is not a payment system. I, I don't, I, God, that pisses me off, man. So we want people to demand this. Um, we want the monetary properties to be set. That's what this whole thing is about. We want those monetary properties to be set in stone, set in gold, whatever you want to say. Um, never in the world has this been an asset like this, even with gold. Um, like, well, okay. So you eventually people are going to have to break down and buy this because we have a, a difference here between a Bitcoin perfectly fixed supply system or a financialized system. And the way I kind of think of financialization, okay, so in a hard money system, you have to produce the value to get paid value. So in a financialization system or based on financialization, you get uh, math that just to make these things look productive, like stock buybacks. You buy back your stock and you juice all the appropriate metrics and it makes you look like you're beating earnings or you're um, uh, having better price to earnings ratios and et cetera, et cetera, right? So – um, that's what financialization does is it doesn't produce anything productive. So that won't happen in a hard money system because you have to produce to earn. Also like this financialization is done to balance risk and, uh, change your, um, you know, allocation of your assets to have certain correlations or not be correlated. But with Bitcoin, I mean, it's super easy it's it's super easy to balance risk. You just hold your Bitcoin. I mean, you're going to get 2% roughly, maybe more every year, even at the height, height, height of Bitcoin's price. You know, the top, wherever we talk about the highest number you can think per Bitcoin, even at that kind of valuation, you know, a dollar a Satoshi or something, you're going to hold Bitcoin and that's going to be a risk-free return. There's no reason to have all this diversification or investments in things that you don't really understand and have all these financialized, financialized products. I mean, there'll still be some reason for that, but it, the entire economy will be on a different foundation. I hope that makes sense. Bitcoin allows for a risk-free rate that you don't have to worry about that stuff. You can save and earn your return on your savings for your whole life. And then when you retire, you can start spending that in retirement or hand it down to the next generation. Whatever you want to do with it. But holding is going to be the risk free rate. And this is the first time ever. Cause even with gold, you didn't have um, a perfectly fixed asset. You had a, a increase in supply of 2% a year. And so it, let's say the global GDP is going up or global economy, uh, productive economy is growing at 2% a year. So you have, um, in Bitcoin, you have a fixed amount of money chasing more goods. So the price or the value of that money has to go up per unit. In gold, you had a 2% increase in supply. So holding gold didn't give you any return. But holding Bitcoin is different. Holding Bitcoin is a bet on the productive gains of the economy. That's what it is. So anyway, it's, it's a brand new thing. And I think this 18 millionth. Bitcoin mining plus the halvening coming up is just going to re-energize that. It's going to start its own whole new news cycle coming up pretty soon. We're going to hear a lot about the halvening. Anyway, what's next? Okay. So next story here I have is Layer 1. And Layer 1 is a new cryptocurrency infrastructure platform. They're basically a company that's in the U.S. that they're starting to raise money. They just secured $50 million in a Series A in a bid to revolutionize the Bitcoin mining space in the US. According to Layer One's blog post published on October 15th, 2019, the funding, which values the company at 200 million, came from legendary investor Peter Thiel, among others. This isn't the first time that Layer One has accessed external funds to bankroll its operations. In December 2018, the company successfully raised 2.1 million in seed funding from Thiel venture capital firm DCG, and others. At the time, the company was looking to use the funds to enhance the development of programmable money and store value applications. Blah, 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 blah. But Layer 1's objectives have shifted somewhat since 2018. According to the blog post, the money raised from this latest funding round will go to the development of full-stack mining infrastructure, including the development of proprietary liquid-cooled mining containers and ASIC chips. So, I guess they're, they want to do a complete vertical of mining in the U S and they want to be kind of the backbone of this. Um, so from ASIC manufacturer to actual rigs and, uh, these containers for the miners, and then also mining it themselves in West Texas. Cause the rest of this article goes into that. This is a, uh, from Bitcoin magazine. And of course it'll be in the show notes. Now I'm not, I'm not worried about bi- mining centralization really, um, Way back, I probably talked about this on one of my very first episodes of the podcast um, because I've thought about this for a long time. So mining will be as decentralized as the underlying energy infrastructure. So you can't like decentralize more than the monopoly on energy. And especially three, four, five years ago, this was even more the case. We've come a long way in just a short period of time uh, for this decentralized energy production. And now we see hydro being used in Canada and North America, and even in Siberia. We see uh, some solar. We see some using some, uh, what do they call it, vent gases from these oil fields in both probably Canada and the US, amongst other places. So the energy production is starting to get a little bit more. Distributed and decentralized and Bitcoin mining is going to get de- decentralized along with that. Um, I don't really care as long as there's more, uh, hash rate out there because we want more honest miners to make the state actors that want to come in, uh, make it more expensive for them to attack the network or get 51% uh, attack on the network. This. Development is financed by Peter Thiel, who is close with the intelligence agency. So there is that angle. We always have to be on the lookout for that kind of stuff. But overall, I think this is a good development. I don't care about China versus US. I just want more hash rate. That's it. Okay, let's move on to the next thing. All right. So we have some discussion on Lightning Network. Um I read an article. Let me bring this up here. So this was about... Lightning Network and their capacity and its capacity. So it's been going down. The number of nodes has been trickling up, but the number of Bitcoins and channels has been going down and people are kind of fudding around this Um, over more and more time. This has happened more and more months ago. I started saying that these channels are going private and that it's going to be very hard to, you know, I stopped quoting all the statistics from Lightning Network because they're going private and it's harder to estimate. It's harder to know exactly what's going on. Um, in this article on CoinDesk, Bitcoin's dropping Lightning capacity might be, might not be a bad thing. In here, I just want to read a couple quotes here. So. The catch is that while this number is decreasing, lightning use may actually still be increasing because of increased privacy of lightning channels and other channel optimizations. Quote, there's no way of knowing the capacity in the lightning network. We can only know the public channel's capacity, not private, said Roy Scheinfeld, CEO of Breeze Lightning Wallet. We are doing increasing dollar value volumes on the lightning network. What I'm seeing is the price going up and thus people need less coins locked up in channels to maintain spending power, said Danny Brewster from FastBitcoins, friend of the show. Check out FastBitcoins.com, by the way. (laughs) And the last quote I have here from this article is, uh, quote, many wallets in the past few months have been released, which default to non-advertised channels. These channels do not show up on any public metrics. So relying on the public metrics alone only really shows half of the picture. Lightning Labs, CTO, Lalu. Again, this is what I've been saying. So what I went in and did was I estimated the number of wallets on Android. Now, these are not necessarily nodes, but most of the wallets at least give you an option to run a Lightning node. It's not that bad. And the top wallet here, the Bitcoin Lightning wallet, does automatically run a full node for you. So uh, I have these, the Lightning, Bitcoin Lightning Wallet, 10,000 plus downloads. Blue Wallet, 10,000 plus downloads. Eclair, 10,000 plus downloads. Wallet of Satoshi, 5,000 plus downloads. Lightning Fast Bitcoin's Wallet from Lightning Labs, 1,000 plus downloads. And Zap, 1,000 plus downloads. So at a minimum, it's 37,000 Lightning wallets on Android. Most of them probably are running full lightning nodes. So the public metrics of 10,000 nodes. It's way more than that. If you go onto iOS, there's going to be a number there too. Okay. And then there's, of course, the desktops and the little nodes like Noddle and Casa and others. So I'm estimating now, like my previous estimate, I don't know if it was six months ago or a year ago was 30,000. Now I'm estimating that it's up to 60,000 lightning nodes, um, channels up above that, of course, and capacity, I'm thinking maybe 5,000 bitcoins. Um, That is my estimate. That is where I'm getting this information. But again, 60,000 nodes. 60,000 lightning nodes, roughly 5,000 bitcoins in capacity is my estimate. All right, let's move on to the Fed stuff. So if you guys have been listening to this show and paying attention, you know that there's a bunch of this uh, funny business going on in the repo market. And now last week, Chairman Powell announced that they're going to be increasing their balance sheet, and that's what QE is. But he said this is definitely not QE. <laughs> so the internet memed this and said, oh, instead of QE4, we're going to call this not QE. So this is not QE. <laughs> Anyway, so what they announced was they're going to be targeting 60 billion pumped into the mark, into the repo market every month. And that's going to be in about 7.5 billion at certain different days throughout the month. They've done this twice now, and the first two were oversubscribed. That means that there's been, so they were giving out 7.5 billion, but there was like 30 to 40 billion dollars requested. And when you're requesting this Q, not QE, you are requesting just straight up money. Here's my toxic assets. Give me money. I need it. Here's my toxic assets. Here's all these things I need to get off my balance sheet. Give me money. So that's signaling to me very unhealthy. It's very, very unhealthy. Now, even over the last month, we've seen the balance sheet go up by 200 and $7 billion. So they've already expanded their balance sheet. They've already done 200 billion in QE before this 60 a month goes into effect. So overall, I mean, the banking system is in panic mode. Who knows which is the first bank to go under, but I'm guessing there's going to be a liquidity event. There's going to be a locking up of the system and a financial crisis in the near future. Remember, the Fed is always behind. They never see these things coming. So something is already wrong and they're hiding it or papering over it. But anyway, that's all I have for that. That's just a quick update for you guys. And again, this was a quick show. Thank you so much for joining me. Hop on the live streams with us Wednesday nights. I think I might do one uh, this weekend as well. So be watching out uh, on Twitter. I'll be announcing that. Uh, BTCMRKTS is the Twitter handle. Also, um, I do a weekly newsletter. I am going to be launching a paid newsletter through Patreon, so that will just be a Patreon tier. I'm going to move some of my price analysis and all of my forecasting over to the new newsletter. The old newsletter will that comes out free every week will have uh, news items as well as some commentary about those news items. But the price stuff is going to be mostly over on the paid newsletter And that's it, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Ansel Linder. This is Bitcoin and Markets. See you next time. Peace.